0: go yo 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 everybody what's up um this is a very special edition of tellson plantation now you're going to give you a number there's not really a number maybe i should give this uh like a
1: an it's a point five
0: on- it's a point yeah it's a point five you're right it's a point five this is tellson plantation episode 42.5 um and we are just here talking about finance today um i put up a question on my instagram um and And I was talking about, uh, you know, investment um, and finance. So a lot of people said, uh, if you, you know, I was saying to people, I think I'm going to share a resource list. And I thought, you know what, it actually might be good just to have a conversation with other people who are into finance, into investment, um, and just, you know, sort of general like money stuff. Um, And so I thought, yeah, it'd be good to get, um, you know, a couple of people to just have a quick chat about, you know, how they manage their money, what they're doing with their finances. You know, you can be as open or as closed as you want to be, guys. But obviously, you know, as always, it's your host, Harry Tubman, the you of Freedom, we also have with us.
1: It's your boy, Tunde. I'm back. I missed episode 42 Jeez. of Furious. But I'm back. Got a little one with me, so pretend to leave <laughs> gone. You can catch me one. at... T-F-T-P underscore Tunde, that's T-U-N-D-E, on Twitter and Instagrams. Happy Black History Month, people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also have with us... Um, I'm, hi, everyone. I'm Alex,
1: new to
2: the podcast, even though I'm a uh, frequent li- listener. Um, my plug will probably be Alex's Buildings, so A-L-E-X-S, Buildings, um, Instagram, Twitter. Normally, my Twitter is just full of political rants, so... Yes. Yeah. that's well, what
0: we, we like. <laughs> that's, that's what we like. That's the way we like
1: it. Yeah. Bring the political rants. Yeah, man. But also, I love it. In Black History Month, we went full misogyny. No women. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. you know what, no, no. The worst thing is, I thought in my head, I was like, ah, oh, crap. It's just us guys. Like, it's just going to seem like
1: money. But guys, no. Uh, but I, to be honest, all right, this is this is the only time that I'm allowed to be free and be myself with my son in my arms. we're going to say it. Obviously, men are the ones who know how to manage. Now I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm about to say, um, hand, I saw the backhand <laughs> comment. You <laughs> no, know, no,
0: what I mean? hold up, hold up. That's there, I want to
1: ask what, you. I want Just, what? Are you, are, do
0: you, like? Do you manage? Are you the one that manages your finances in the household?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm the money man. I'm stingy, bro. <laughs> I am too. I'm stingy. stingy. <laughs> 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 I don't know why that is,
0: though. I don't really know why. Why is that?
1: you know what do you know what for me you know what, maybe it's because of where we went to school bro we we know we know how expensive it was to be flossy with some of the people we were working around so yeah, i can't true. i can't be i can't be looking at negatives in my account but actually <laughs> yeah, we can go into it because i know i know exactly what it was that set my mindset around money um, yeah talk, it, talk about that talk about that um so growing up obviously I'm an immigrant out here. If anyone wasn't uh, aware, apologies. But you've been listening to an immigrant for the last 40 something episodes. Wait, hold um,
0: on. You were born in Niger. Yeah. Oh,
1: sorry. Niger came over when we were three. <laughs> See? First you. generation. First generation out here. We're, re- yeah, we're representing seconds out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're seconds, man. But... um and yeah, when we first came, it was just me, my mum, my brother. Um Lewisham, I remember our first flat was a one bedroom flat, above a pet shop, da, da, da. we, like money was tough, we were working for it. My mum shouts to her because she really held it down. Um, But the, growing up and being the oldest, I got a lot more insight into what finances look like for us. And like, again, shouts to my parents because when, when I needed to go on a school trip or to find a way to get me into private school, they made it work, they made it happen. But the way they made it happen was with a lot of uh, loans and a lot of debt that took time to pay off and get themselves settled to a point where they could actually treat themselves. Um, And for me, that has been a very big part in my mentality around money and finance. I wanna make sure that to as much as I can control it, I don't have the same situation for my family. Um, not looking down on anyone who does have those situations, but I know that I'd rather be in a situation where I know that if I want something, I am paying for it with my money instead of having to borrow to be able to afford things. Mm. So that that's played that's played a very big part in me just wanting to make sure that in everything I know what's coming in, what's coming out. I am in control of it and managing the spending, as opposed to ending up in a space where it's out of my control.
0: Cool. That I mean no, that makes sense. I mean, I think everyone's attitude by money is attitude towards money is informed by you know loads of different things. Um, but Alex, like for you, what what informed like
2: the mindset you have now towards um, towards money? Um, I would probably say it's quite similar to Tunde's in a way. Um, now, just knowing from my mum, so she was a teacher, she made lots of investments, and I actually found about out about those things later on in life, much later on um, than she probably could have told me and would have helped me when I was younger. Um, but she was always Anything I needed, I could get instantly. Or anything I wanted, if I wanted a PlayStation, I had to pass certain exams um, before we'd get a PlayStation, if you see that kind of mindset. You had to get certain A grades at, at, at um, school uh, if we wanted to get some night trainers. So I grew up with Gola and Lotto as my... Um, Shout-out to
1: Gola, bro. Shout-out to Gola, to My life
2: <laughs> Those people, I remember also called um I came I had lot I had the silver and black Lottos and everyone, everyone else had like um the Adidas predators, you know, David Beckham was everyone's yeah. brother be Beckham oh, at the time. Yeah. And so I don't know, let's say they say they cost eighty quid, obviously inflation has changed things. By the time they were about like eighty quid and lotto's were about like fifteen quid. Someone bought me lottos and I'm like, mum, why can't we get like even the, remember Adidas had different levels of, they had the predators, yeah, yeah, which are yeah, the yeah. premium kangaroo leather and they had like the alternatives and she wouldn't buy me the alternatives. And I was like, why, why can't we buy um, the premium ones? She goes, but did you not just score like four goals at the weekend? So <laughs> <laughs> like if you're scoring goals with the lottos why don't you need to change, buy you some new like, shoes? What's
0: your problem. <laughs>
2: Yeah, what's your problem? Like you, are you not playing well? Are you not getting mad of the match in those lotto? So obviously it's not just the, the shoes aren't making the play, you're obviously playing well. Mm-hmm. And I think later on in life, I kind of changed my mindset that, hey, you don't have to have the designer stuff. Um, like you could wear um, designer clothes and not necessarily be in shape. And someone who's just in shape and is wearing non-designer clothes can make that clothes look better. And stuff like that where people always want to have the flashiest car, but is, is it needed at that stage in your life? It depends on um, lots of different factors. And so, my mum always used to have, I would say, um, keep. She always had a, a had a rainy a fund for a rainy day, and that's kind of what kind of formulated my um, financial mindset. Yeah, I hear that. Um,
0: Nana, when you were just just before talking. just
1: before we talk about you, can uh-huh. we just can we just shout out my man managing to drop in. Four-goal-a-game four striker, yeah? <laughs> High-finisher. Yeah. Elite finish. No. You
0: know what? At work,
1: at <laughs> <laughs> work, they used to call me Hot Shot, man. Is it? <laughs> yeah,
2: for our, for our internal team in the real estate sector, now, listen, I scored, like, I had a record of a goal a game.
1: Wow. Now, listen, United yeah, need man. a bit of health still, sir. i guess. <laughs> and they, uh, uh, You know,
0: um <laughs> now for me so actually when i thought about this just now i was thinking i'd have to preface and say like when when you know we're going to get into talking about different bits of advice that have helped us on the way and what we do with our money but I was, i'm prefacing it by saying that like obviously for me i've grown up as like kind of a middle-class black kid so i haven't like my my privilege and my um like I'll have blinders about certain things that you know other people might be like well I don't have the access to that I'm not able to do that um, and I think some of the advice we give is hopefully just applicable for people at all different levels whether you're like really rich or I don't know I'm not going to be advising really rich people That's they're not listening to this podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, <laughs> isn't like, di- this isn't the this isn't the graphic <laughs> yeah the is.
0: but like you know and if you've got like a few pennies to spare you know if you've got you know a bit laying around, you know. This is, you know, we can help you give some, some good advice. So for me, um, I don't know. I think I've always just been quite frugal in general with my with my money, and I think that's probably just from my parents. Like similar to what you guys are saying, I was I was the I'll get it later than everybody else. So when my man had, like, I think when the you know Game Boy
2: Color came my out, SP, I was yeah. just
0: getting my first Game but like when the PS2 came out, I was yes. given a PlayStation, like the old, the first PlayStation, by yes. my friends, who felt sorry for me, because, and it was just like, <laughs> it was always a thing of, everybody else had, like the latest Nike, or latest this, or whatever, and I just was making do, with whatever, whatever thing that I had, and it wasn't because, our oh, we we don't have money, per se, I don't even know if it was that, but I think it's more like, maybe a mindset, my parents were trying to instill in me, of like, that stuff's not that really that relevant but then also mm-hmm. like they had spent their money on like I don't know private school for 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 us in primary school and whatever so maybe there wasn't that much money left over to be buying me and it just wasn't it wasn't a good use of their money at the time or whatever so um I think for me yeah I just always came up with just a mindset of like you know you don't just go around and spend your money like you save it like um, but I think, and this is what I'm going to get into now. One thing that I don't think my parents taught me, like, God oh, bless them, everything, but I don't really think they taught me about investing and like that next step. It's like, yeah, save your money, cool, but they never really taught me about that next step of um, investing. So, I guess just starting off from, from like a, a savings perspective, I think I don't know, I don't know if everyone wants to disclose where they're at with property, or whatever. Obviously, I personally, I've we bought a house, like, um, in Milton Key's me and my, my wife. We bought a house. Um, I'm going to have to blank that out now, anyway, i Anyway, we bought a house No, no. I do you know <laughs> I
1: love? Do you know um, I love? Man, just yeah, couldn't that. wait to hear... I couldn't wait to say, me and my wife. And yeah, my
0: wife. no, no, I'm gas to, <laughs> to say I'm love
1: gassed love to it. I'm gas to say it. We love it.
0: We love to like, see it. I know, obviously, all of you guys have, like, Inklings and starts in property or whatever. Um, I guess for you, like... How did you get to the point of if you have purchased property, how did you get to the point of purchasing property and like what informed decision about where, where to buy it? And how did you how did you save for it? Because I think that's really important. Like a lot of people sometimes don't even know how to really start saving. Like did you have a plan or did it just kinda happen? Like, what was the process? Uh you Alex will to... go first. I'll
1: let, yeah, I'll let yeah, the yeah. guests go first. You got the guests. Um
2: so obviously Alex is building, so I work in property as a job, and then um, so it makes sense for me to be in property um, as an investment. I would say you need to plan uh, a saving strategy, but the, there's kind of some, two caveats to it. One is you can save as much as you, as you want in the bank, but at the moment, the bank is giving you 0.02%. So at the moment, you're actually losing money if you just leave it in the bank because. Of the way inflation is working and eroding the value of that money and if you look at how the so prices up, hold up hold
0: let's stop you there because like, there's people who really we're just talking from basics here yeah so yeah. like just from a base point you said that inflation is eroding your safe like what's inflation first of all
2: Ooh, i probably won't give you, the, give you the best definition like a investopedia definition but in, in summary inflation is the devaluation of money so if a pound today or £10 today could buy you 10 Freddos, and tomorrow £10 only gives you nine Freddos. That's, the inf- that's what's happened by inflation is that the, what you could buy with that £10 is, is, re- is reducing in, in value. Um, the opposite effect, if you look at house prices, is over this pandemic, house prices have increased like 15%. So, if you people call it house prices increase, but if you say it's house price inflation, then what 100,000 pounds would have got you last year it may have got you, let's say, a two bedroom house in Scunthorpe. It may now only be able to give you a one bedroom flat in Scunthorpe for that same 100,000 pounds. So, that's just how inflation, if, unless you put it into something which is going to try to beat the inflation. So, if you're Investments are increasing by three percent, and inflation is one percent. Then you're actually increasing how much money you will have, uh, or the value of your money, or the amount of
0: money that you can then use to buy something. Um, so basically, like, say, but, so I guess that means then if I, um, I don't know, I I get my salary. My salary is like a thousand like let's say my salary is a thousand pounds a month, and I manage yeah. to save like let's say a hundred a hundred pounds of that. Like at the end of the year, at the end of the year, I have, well, let me say after ten months, I've got a thousand pounds from my savings over that salary. Basically, that a thousand pounds in like two years is is I won't be able to buy as much with that thousand pounds because the prices of everything basically yeah. have gone up. So if I leave that money in the bank, like I'm just losing money. In, yeah, like, regular, at the moment, inflation that goes up.
2: Yeah, historically. Um, when inflation goes up, banking, banks, central banks are, or well, we're taught that central banks are then going to increase interest rates to try to reduce the inflation. So when interest rates back in 2007, for example, were around like 5% or 4%, if you're, let's say you're in your investments, maybe only giving you 2%, but you just leave the money in the bank because the bank's giving you 4%, inflation's going to mm-hmm. 2%, and therefore at, at very, very, very low risk, Um, you're earning 2% extra above inflation per year. But now when at the current moment in time where inflation is expected to be around 4% and you're guaranteed your bank is only going to be giving you 0.02% or 0.2%, then you're actually guaranteed to be losing money um, if you just leave your money in your bank account. But obviously, if you invest your money, there's also a risk of losing that money. So it just depends on your risk appetite and your financial position, because I wouldn't be advising anyone who doesn't have a rainy day fund per se, to be then saying, oh, let's invest your money because actually it's um, it's kind of counterproductive and it could be counterproductive.
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, shout out to that A-level economics there, Mr. Greenwood, who's just retired. Shouts to him. Gee, um,
2: wait, what? <laughs>
1: yeah yeah. Just, oh, yeah someone's not on the, someone's not on the on the old alavians newsletter yeah i oh, just left
0: i'm not even on it <laughs> um
1: yeah i think what i think what alex is saying is really important right because if we're talking about for um beginners and we're talking about very very foundation the most important thing to do when you're starting and if we're talking about looking at the house is look at where you are so no matter what it is the if we think about Twitter, social media is full of people being there like right this is the this is the set route, this is how it's done. go straight into Bitcoin, drop everything in there to the moon, right, right. But we need to be so careful, right, because a, we already know social media is a fake place where people don't post their actual realities. they post what you want to what they want you to see, but b, you don't know the situation of the person posting that strategy so you need to make sure you are fully aware of where you're at and focus on if there was ever a time to face your front your personal money is it right don't try to be using the strategy that someone who is making twice as much money has several different portfolios worth of uh, uh, investment and savings vehicles has thousands of pounds stashed up in case everything goes wrong and then try to copy it because it's not gonna work for you um i think if anything before we go too far into this right um one of the best resources that i always just keep plugging right money saving expert if yeah. you're confused about savings versus investment they have lots of great guides on there to just help you understand what it means what risks you're taking what uh, to consider so particularly if you're in debt already or if you have enough savings already or where you need to be at mentally and financially before you pick either strategy so I think that was the the first thing I just want to shout out there um, okay. sorry Alex before you're rudely interrupted by our host you were telling us about how you went and got your uh, strategy for that. yeah so yeah so <laughs>
2: I would actually yeah, just piggyback on on debt, actually. So yeah. some people are afraid of debt. And I think you can look at debt in two ways. as There is bad debt. So if you're buying, uh, I won't say it's bad debt, but there's debt where you buy an asset which is more or less guaranteed to depreciate in value. And there's debt where you buy an asset where the intention or the aspiration or historic aspir- historically is increased in value. And... Then you've got obviously secured and unsecured loans. So secured loans means it's like secured against an asset, like a car or a an house. And unsecured, it's generally not secured against anything, but that means you pay a higher interest because the bank is taking more risk. Like a credit card, you could argue is an unsecured loan. Um, so firstly, when looking to buy a house, they take into account your credit history. Do you have a good credit history? Do you have any outstanding debts, etc um so paying off or clearing off credit card debt and paying off those kind of loans um would be advisable it just makes it easier when you get to the bank and say look i want to buy my first house and a first time buyer they want to see okay you've got good credit history you've been paying off your phone bill you have been paying off your credit card um fully every month not incurring any charges which or any interest on in your credit card which can be Significantly higher than the savings rate that you're getting in your bank, and you need basically set a goal. So, if you're, as um, Tunde was saying, um, you're earning, let's say, a thousand pounds, and you're trying to keep a hundred pounds for savings, then be be strict with yourself and be like, okay, every month I'm going to be stacking that hundred pounds. Um, I'm going to put it into where we can talk about investments later, but I'm going to put it into some kind of relatively Low risk investment, with the intention, like at the moment, I think they, I'm not sure if the government still has it, but they did have this kind of um, help to buy ISA or lifetime ISA, and basically you put 100 pounds in, and later on, and um, when it actually wanted, when you want to use it to buy your house, the government actually gives you some money um, as an assistance to help you buy that house.
1: So we put it into can, this. Can we, can, we can go. In, can go into detail business. about it once you finish. Later. Your story. okay. We'll, we'll go through the ISA. Yeah.
2: And then it's all about, so that when you're looking at areas, I think some people are um, are, uh, say, super aspirational as to say, okay, I want to live in Chelsea, and therefore I'm only going to buy if I can buy in Chelsea. Now, you should look at your financial situation, and I'm saying Chelsea because generally, generally most people know London, that's an expensive area. Depending on your financial situation, you may not be able to afford Chelsea. You may be able to afford an an area which is further out. And so then you've got a choice. You could um, try to save up as much as you can to live in Chelsea, but likely the risk is that um, the house prices will increase faster than your savings or investments may increase. So I would be advising people to actually look slightly buy further out, and yes, you may have to live further out for three or four years, but then you're on the property ladder. And later on, whilst you're paying, whilst you're paying off your mortgage, when it comes to remortgage, you can actually remortgage, get some cash, use that cash to do further investments, or as that property price has increased, that actually gives you a better deposit for when you try to go for your next property, which could then be in your more aspirational area. Um, so, so simply just waiting and saying, "Okay, I'm only going to buy in this area," um, may not be a, the best advice. And actually, you could buy in a in a slightly less desirable area for yourself at the moment. Rent out a room because there's um, the government has a or currently, I should say, be it the 14th of August, 2021. <laughs> timestamp <laughs> that advice. Yeah, timestamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lodgers i think can rent i think it's 500 hundred pound a month so they, like basically you can earn six thousand pound a year tax-free if you have a lodger in your room so if you have a you happen to buy a 2 bedroom flat you rent out one of the rooms for 500 hundred pound a month and you could earn six thousand pound tax-free and that six thousand pound could be used to help you pay off your mortgage so yes you have the inconvenience potential inconvenience of living with someone else rather than having a flat to yourself but that is the kind of sacrifice you're making now for the long-term benefit of being able to to stack more cash to and then and end up living in the area that you deem more desirable.
0: And I think just to go on that point of like sacrifice so I think we've made some points like so far so like you know you might not be even on the property either even thinking about that yet but I would say like like it's been said already like pay off your debts where you can so I'm not talking about something like student loan. Like student loan just comes out of your account and like that's that like, out of your your slip and it's not really that's not like necessarily bad debt. Gone, jumping there. I would
2: actually say I don't know. I should say that. But, but you look at student loans. Student loans is actually not kind of the debt which, um, if you don't pay back, they take away an asset from you. You've already got your degree, or you've already got the education that you went to university for. When they they look at it from a mortgage point of view, they only look at how much you pay per month, not as the outstanding amount. So you could have 50,000 outstanding in student debt, but only be paying £200 a month. And they'll look at it as you're only paying £200 a month. So in a way, it's one of the best debts to have, because if you, for example, um, unfortunately lose your job, you suddenly stop paying your student debt. And I know they're trying to make some changes to it, but currently, If you lose your job, you stop paying your student debt. And whilst the debt may be increasing, it doesn't prevent you or hinder you later on in life from buying a house. So it's not like a a car loan where you suddenly lost your job. You can't, you can stop paying it. No, you have to still keep paying your car loan, even if you don't have any income. And if you don't pay it, the interest rates will increase and you'll get hit with a bad credit score. But your Mm -hmm. student loan doesn't affect your credit score. As long as when you're working, it it automatically comes out of your payslip. And if you stop working, it just stops coming out of your payslip, and it doesn't affect your credit score in that regard. That's what far as I'm aware.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, I, th- I think that's because student loan is charged like a loan, paid like a tax. Yeah. Um So it's 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 um, yeah, it's one of those easier things. Uh, just conscious of time, and I know Alex, we've only got you for a little bit of time. So is it all right? Is it all right, Harry, if I jump into the help to buy ISA yeah. and the LISAs? Yes. Yeah, awesome. Sweet. So I'm sure people who've been around any of the property gurus on Twitter, you would have heard and seen all of these different um, abbreviations of HTB and LISA, which is L-I-S-A. Uh, HTB is the help to buy ISA, which was launched in, I think, 2015, December 2015, Uh, which was supposed to be a revolutionary scheme to help first-time buyers get onto the property ladder because they realized that with rent going up, salaries going up slowly, and house prices going up massively, it was very difficult for first-time buyers to get on. So the the government brought in the help to buy ISA, the concept of which was you were able to pay in, you were able to save up to £200 a month. So that was £2,400 a year, but in the first month, I think you could add an extra 200. So it was 2,600 in the first year, 2,400 per year after that. And you would get a little bit of interest. There weren't many providers for it. Um, I remember I got ours from Halifax. And that was giving me something like 3%, which was pretty good at the time. Um, uh, interest annually. Uh, Then also, the real perk of it was that at the point of purchase, uh, you would then get a 25% bonus on all the money you've paid in. So let's say you save that £2,400 in the year um, and then decided that's enough for me to get a deposit. I'm going to be honest, it probably isn't, but we're just going to use it for this example. Um, £2,400 and the government would say, sweet you've done all this, we're going to give you an extra £600 to round that up to £3,000 for your first house deposit. But you never saw that 3000 the £600 would just be paid to your uh, broker or uh, to to whoever was helping to sort out the actual deal and the contracts with your house purchase. Um, So that would be the first time you saw it. However, the government recently closed that. I think it was uh, either 2020 or 2019. uh, They closed it. It didn't last long, but they replaced it with the lifetime ISA. So the lifetime ISA is still available. Um, You have two options for how to use it. You can either use it for the uh, deposit of a first property, or if you've already bought a property, you can use it as a savings vehicle for your retirement. Um, but it works in very much the same way, uh, except it has a higher limit. So with a lifetime ISO, you can save up to £4,000 per year. Um, and you get the interest paid monthly. So however much you put in monthly, you can put uh, whether you put it f- uh, £333.33 per month, or you put the whole 4000 in one go. You get interest each month on what you've put in that month, and what's great—sorry, uh, not interest—you get the bonus each month. And what's great is you then, because the bonus is put into the same account, you get interest on the bonus, uh, and that's that's considerably better. It also has a much higher uh, cost limit. So with the help to buy ISA, you had a maximum cost of two hundred fifty thousand. Even if you were in London, um, whereas with the lifetime ISA, the maximum price of the property you can purchase is four hundred and fifty thousand in London because London is a rip off and a scam, um, and two hundred and fifty thousand everywhere else. Uh, you have to be over sixteen to open it and under forty. So, for anyone who's over forty, uh, apologies, but you know there is other things for you. Actually, it's over um, 18. Is it over 18? Yeah. Over 18, apologies. Uh, over 18, under 40, um, mm-hmm. like I said, you can either use it for house purchase or for retirement. And the difference with, another difference with life's, lifetime ISAs is you can have a cash ISA which um, I'm sure Harry and Alex can go into details of the difference between the cash and stocks and shares ISAs. Um, but you can have either a cash ISA or a stocks and shares ISA, depending on how long you think it's going to be realistically before you try to buy your first pot- property. I think that's, that's the, the two vehicles in a nutshell. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think when it comes to 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 ISIS and uh, to well, we can talk about the um, cash and stocks and shares ISIS, but to just kind of round up what we're saying with housing, housing stuff, I think one thing to note is that it's really like it's really important to have your your ducks in a row in terms of have a little bit of extra cash on the side when you're purchasing your property. If you put down a deposit you can't just save up for a deposit, you've got to save up a bit beyond that because there's going to be other costs that you won't have thought of. So Alex, so Alex, what costs can people be thinking of? So you you know your house, you want to spend, your budget £200,000, so you save yeah. 10%, £20,000. Like what other costs would you be thinking about on top of a deposit?
2: So people also get moving costs for actually moving into the house. But you, yeah. you, You've also got conveyancing costs. So... Your 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 uh, service, like you're basically your your solicitor for your purchasing purchasing the house. They're always going to be around a thousand pounds. It depends on obviously how much the value of your house is and the difficulty of what it is. This leasehold versus freehold, which we can go into as well. Um, you've also got the mortgage actually application costs. So every time you go for a mortgage. You, there's a different ways to do it. You can either put the application cost and it's into the mortgage and you pay it off through the time of the mortgage or it's an upfront cost and it could be 0.5% of the loan. It could be up to 1.5% of the loan and therefore it could be around like £1,500 that you'd have to pay um, just for the mortgage application. Then you've also got the surveyor's costs, which again, depending on, on, on who you use, that could be again included into the mortgage. So if you use like a high street bank like a NatWest or Santander, they can sometimes just include all of that as a in the first time buyer package. Like if you're coming to remortgage, they normally keep it separate. But as a first time buyer, they will sometimes wrap that into um, their cost. But if not, then you again, your surveyors' cost could be six hundred pounds up to a thousand pounds, depending on what type of what type of even you know, more than a thousand pounds again, depending on what type of report you're having? Um, and they're just the high level costs. And so, the straight away, you're, you're, you're looking at like two thousand pounds, two thousand five hundred pounds of just the cost of uh, of buying the house. Yeah, so what
0: was it like for you in terms of like extra costs in
1: terms of deposit? Uh, yeah, so all the costs that Alex mentioned, we went with Habito when we were, when we were getting ours. Uh, so they are right, an right. online only broker um so yeah we did have the mortgage fee ours was one thousand pounds um the habito cost i think was another one and a half maybe you do uh, habito we, plus. yeah yeah yeah. Uh. so so they looked after a lot of uh habito plus essentially was, is just an additional service where they provide support with the uh, surveys and the conveyancing. They do a lot of the things that you can choose to go to separate um, companies and providers to get it. But like Alex said, the cost can rack up. By doing it all in Habito Plus, it gave us one lump sum to pay. And we had, um, we had a bit of security because the first house we tried to buy, it actually fell through. They accepted the offer, but then they took it off the market um because covid meant that uh yeah the seller was no longer willing to sell uh, at that price um but luckily we didn't have to pay for everything else again because part of habito plus was if it falls through and it's not your fault you, you don't have to pay anything extra for the next one yeah so get home like that's the other
0: thing like if you're not going to service like habito plus so we went with habito the general one so we didn't pay anything but we also bought home buyers insurance in case um the the sale the the fell through and like yeah. the crazy thing about buying a house is like that sale can actually fall through like at any time until you've actually <laughs> exchanged the contracts like yeah. they don't actually have to sell you nothing so you could be doing this whole legal process everything and you still have to sell your property. (laughs) It's massive, guys. (laughs) So home buyer's insurance, like, could you think with a deposit, if you've saved up like for like a 200,000 pound house and you've got 20,000 pounds in the bank, like, and you've only got an extra 2,000 on top. Imagine if you've like 500,000 of that and the the, the deal falls through, you want to have that insurance there so that you know that you're kind of covered. Um, oh yeah. what else, was I to, what else was I going to say? I think the other thing to, is credit scores. So, Alex, from your experience, how much do credit scores affect your ability to get a mortgage?
2: Um, I think yeah, credit scores are important, and I think people forget how to build them. So, remember when my my um, younger sibling was at university, and kind of kind of did a mini talk to her friends about hey, look. If you want to build up a credit score? Pay, you just get your phone bill in your name, which maybe at the time was like thirty pounds a month, probably about hundred pounds now, the way that the phone bills are going. But um but if you put the phone bill in your name and make sure you pay it off every month, and that's one bill which you can focus on. Make sure it's paid off. It's not a credit card per se, but you know exactly every month it should be around let's say thirty or forty pounds. It comes out of your bank account, and that suddenly gets you that credit history. And therefore, when the bank then looks at you and says, "Hey, look, we, you're asking them trust me with a two hundred thousand pound loan," like, why should we trust you? What kind of what, what's your track record? It's kind of like a CV. When you go to a company, it's like, "Hey, look, I've worked at this firm for this this many years, and I've got this much experience." If you go there with just a blank sheet of paper, you could have all that experience and be. And but unless they can see it they won't trust you with it. And it's the same thing, thing with a bank and credit scores. They want to know that they if they give you um £200,000 loan, that they're likely to get it back. And that's even with you putting down a deposit of 20%. So um, it's it's important. And I think that's where you get to be smart with your money to make sure sometimes you may, may just have like a direct debit for a magazine that costs like £2 a month. If that's what it is and it just goes out your account every, for every month and it shows that you are, are diligent at paying off those kind of things, that um, helps you build your credit history.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing to remember, so this is, a, this is what happened to me, so even if your credit score is high, it doesn't mean they can't reject you. So for instance, for me, my credit score, you transfer my credit score was like 976 out uh, of 999. In this period. Like super high. I got rejected for a mortgage three times. So, in times of economic uncertainty, what can happen is that they want more of a deposit to be more sure. So, the bank said to me, "Cool." So the first one was just like outright, oh, just like no, you are not lending money. I was like, "Hey." The like the, the next two were like, "Okay, we'll do it if you do 15% deposit." I was like, "Big man, I don't have an extra 5% because to them it's like, oh, just, just get 5% from somebody, yeah? Hey? I don't have." <laughs> an extra five percent what are you talking about that's like wedding and whatever money so i don't have that so just remember i would say like really be diligent about not like really building up your credit and your credit score might be high but you still need to be thinking about like things like i don't know depending on whether you get a credit card and you just use that and you pay your bills you pay not paying bills, but you just you spend with it, and you make sure you pay off in full every single month. That shows that you can. That shows that you can handle credit. Because sometimes, if you haven't taken out any credit whatsoever, really, they may depending on the time, maybe it may be a bit sticky in terms of like economic, you know, surety. You probably fine, but like when it's a bit uncertain, and that's what I found. I got a mortgage on my fourth try. So, yeah, it can get. Um,
2: yeah, I think if if you're if someone in your position is struggling to get a mortgage with good credit score, um, good track record, or decent salary as well, um, imagine the people who are not in that position who are also going to be rejected and then find it even more difficult to get onto the ladder. So it's yeah, you yeah can I, I th- Try and land up as much as you can, basically.
1: <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I think the the main the main thing is to control what you can control um so all that stuff about getting your uh credit score in in order is so important um i think especially they will they will look into everything so uh i think i did a paying installments for something i probably could have paid off at once and they're like oh what's what's this um uh what's this 3 pounds a month that's coming out and I was like oh that's just I can't remember what it was or something small you know like and when's that going to end and like the 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 inspection is detailed so I think uh, there was there was definitely some reporting around it a few months ago but like the use of things like Klarna when you don't need it and be very careful when you're trying to buy a house because they will look into it and, and what you need to, I think what's important to, to be aware of is what it looks like to an external party, right? For you, it could just be a, I just didn't really feel like paying it all off at once. To an external third party who does not know you, who you're trying to ask to borrow hundreds of thousands of pounds from, what that can come across is, I can't even afford, right? As opposed to, I just couldn't, I didn't want to, Spend it all now. So, yeah, be be careful, especially when it's for things that you can afford to not take out um, loans and debts and installments for.
2: Yeah. One other thing, actually, on that, along the same kind of lines, is about uh, becoming like a sole trader. And I know it's become less um, uh, advantageous after the kind of tax changes. But if you become a sole trader, typically you need at least three years accounts for them to use that as a basis of, okay, this is how much money you are earning in order for you to then get a mortgage based on those earnings. So that's why generally as younger people, if you have a, if you work and you have a PAYE job, so you're working for an employer, after six months of that PAYE job and you've passed your probation, I think you kind of play for mortgage during your probation, but generally they have, they feel more secure that like you've passed your probation. Um, it's easier to get a mortgage than if you are 23, potentially trying to start a multi-million pound business, which will be great. But for those first three years, you may find it difficult to get a mortgage and therefore very difficult to buy a house. So just think people's, Sometimes I don't take that into account when they decide to become like a contractor or sole trader. Um, they may think, oh yeah, the money that I'm going to earn may be 20% higher, but that 20% higher means you may not be able to buy a house for three years. Yes, no, not not to say it's not impossible, it's, mm-hmm. it's just it just has it creates a different hurdle to overcome.
0: I think the other thing to remember as well is when it comes to how they, the amount you're actually even allowed to borrow, I think they say it's like, something like 4.5 times your salary. So just be aware of that. Like, if you feel like, yo, I just made a quick bag, I made a quick hundred G's. Like, but that's not your salary. Like, you just have that line around. They need to know that your salary is X amount to buy a property. So you, if I'm earning 20,000 pounds a year, I can't buy a 400,000 pound a year. Like they, multiply it up so if you earn £20,000 a year like you'll be able to buy like £90,000 in the region of that kind of property so that's the way you multiply it up
1: In fairness it's okay though because everyone on Twitter earns over 100 bags so Oh yeah,
0: yeah. everyone is around <laughs> yeah. okay so if anyone yeah, on is listening you, you guys are
1: fine you, you Yeah you sorted so, so, In right. fact let me hold £10 please Yeah you know what I'm saying <laughs> 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 That's £10 down. I want a bit more than that no you're right i asked for too little i mean let, let me let me hold 10k please
0: you know what i'm saying <laughs> one, so to pivot from the pivot from now stuff we're, like we're we're coming to a close soon but one thing i did want to talk about was we mentioned that like, we've talked a lot about houses but some people you know they might not be thinking about houses just yet or like you might have just started you, you might have just come fresh out of uni like so you're not really thinking about houses but you've got a job um, you're earning a little bit and a little bit of money. Um so I would say, so this would be, I don't know, well, this is not financial advice, but at the same time, this is what I would say to some to me 10 years ago, like, Brother <laughs> Put your money in you know, a stocks and shares or a cash we were at least in a cash ISA for one, but in you know, a stocks and shares ISA, and maybe every time that you get paid. Portion a bit of your money to savings and a portion a bit to investments. Like, build up your rainy day fund for sure. Like, do that. Have, like, three to six months of expenses there. Cool. Then start to think about investments. Would you guys agree? Like, what would you have said to yourself, like, maybe, like, 10 years ago?
2: Yeah. I would have said, yeah, The same probably the same thing is after... I'll probably change it slightly. So after you've got your six months, say, rainy day funds, that's all your expenses, let's say rent or anything. So if you lost your job, you could pay for all your current outgoings. And obviously, again, if you may have lost your job, it also changes your transport needs. But um, once you've got that kind of rainy day fund there, then it's all about having a savings account that then is a low, low risk fund and then putting the rest of it into... Different stages of risks. So, if you've got a full time job, you may not have the same time to look at the stock market as a a broker does. So, there's different ways you could invest in a fund, which is a, a diversified fund, and it just buys into loads of different things. It may all ten percent.
1: In fact, in now. fact, Alex, shout, shout that word again. Shout that that D word again. Shout it. Diversification.
2: <laughs> Tell them. That's probably, the, that's probably the biggest thing I would probably say as to a young person is to... Because people may people always get trapped into trying to pick the, the winning stock. And you may be very fortunate to pick the winning stock, but out of the thousand stocks out there, um, it's unlikely that you will pick the winning stock and put all your eggs in the right basket. So it's best to diversify. And therefore, you may actually buy total coincidence have picked the win- the winning stock just because you happen to spread your money into green energy, into, um, as I said, uh, house, ba- house EV, builders, into batteries. You know, into technology, into financials, into basically just diversifying to loads of different um, fields as, as much as you can. And hopefully you ride, ride the wave. So when one a sector, Maybe doing not as well. Another sector will probably be doing really well, and therefore they counterbalance each other out to to all increase overall.
0: So did do you want to come in on that? Talking about uh, e- diversification.
1: Yeah. So on on the point about savings, um, money saving expert again. I'll I'll keep shouting it to the moon. Really useful resource. Keep going on there. Um, it had something called the Savings Fountain. Uh, and like Alex said, back back in the days before uh, everything crashed, you actually were able to get decent uh, savings. And there are still some places um, you can find it. Uh, so for example, the, the, the top one that they used to recommend was uh, current account savings. So you used to get actual uh, really good interest rates for just keeping your money in a current account um banks were loving to incentivize you i remember uh Lloyds had great rates uh the Santander 123 account was a fantastic one uh Nationwide uh, gave you a fantastic i think they might still do it actually a decent rate uh if you switch to their flex flex account uh and it's the first one you've ever had but that only lasts for eight. is that 3%
2: I think you also needed to have two direct, two uh, either direct debits going out and your main salary. Yeah,
1: Yeah, there's there's conditions on a lot of them. Um, But yeah, current account savings were an option, but then you've got the different types of savings accounts. So whether that's your regular savers, which is similar to what Harry was saying there about just being able to put some money away regularly each month, put a little bit amount. Um, whether it's £5, £10, £100, £250 a month, whatever you're balling with, being able to put it away regularly, you get a slightly better rate. Um, then you get some which are um, easy access. So the ones where you know you want to be able to dip in and out of them, they won't give you as good rates. Or what's the ones? Uh, there's, I can't remember what they're called, but they're essentially the the principle of them is you put money in and you lock it away. You can't touch it. For a set fixed fixed savers, uh, fixed term savers. So basically you say for one year, three years, five years, I'm just going to put this lump sum of money in. I won't touch it. And in a year, three years, five years, they're going to give me this interest rate. The longer you put it, the longer you keep it in, uh, the better the rate they'll give you. Um, but the idea was you just keep going down the fountain, start with the ones that you can get first, once that's full move to the next one and i definitely used that uh, early in my career made it really easy to to just build up pots and it gives you great strategies as well because you don't have to stick with just one if you fill in fill up one current account you're allowed to have i think it's like two or three including a joint account is how many you're allowed to uh, hold and you can just max them out and if you're if you're more hands on with your accounts you can use the direct debits so you can get your salary paid into one move that money into another account move it into another account so that the same money you're getting paid is used to fulfill all the requirements for your different current accounts um, or you have things like robo savers as well i used Moneybox, for a long time um personally that was fantastic i stopped using it once i, I think i used it to buy Uh, rachel's engagement ring i use money box for rachel's engagement ring so that was a useful little vehicle um but now when it comes to investments because i'm very risk averse i'm not sure if you could tell by uh, the fact that i maxed out my savings first (laughs) um uh i i tend to uh I I tend to uh, invest in funds as opposed to individual stocks. So Alex spoke about trying to find the the winning stock, that dream stock that shoots to the moon, the GameStop, right? Um, But the risk that comes with those is that they tend to rise quickly but fall just as quickly. Um, And if you're lucky, they'll fall and recover. If you're not, they'll fall and you're left trying to work out how to find the money that you actually owe to your provider. Um, Whereas a fund, what they do is they will invest across sectors or uh, they will find a group of stocks that are balanced in a way that even if one or two stocks within that fund aren't doing as well, they will normally have others that will balance it out and you get your returns then come from the average performance of all the stocks in that fund. So that's more where mine is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone wants to go into that. For me, to be perfectly honest, like one, I made one of the mistakes I made. So I only really started probably investing, like to like mid twenty twenty. And one of the mistakes I made was very tech heavy, like so. I invested a lot in like stuff like Tesla and um, I don't know. What I was, what I, was I got, like I got Fang. So Fang being like, like all these lots of this. So Fang is like Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Um, so I have the. So I think I, to some degree, have all of this apart from Netflix. But like I've had a few different tech stocks. But when you invest all in one, and then tech stocks dropped, I think maybe March, April this year. Like my portfolio, my portfolio went down. Um, so it kind of taught me to like, okay have some in energy, have some in tech, have some in finances. So if something drops, you won't feed it too much. But to be honest, I'm kind of the opposite to name. I'm actually a bit more pro-risk. Like I'm not afraid to lose. And I don't, the other thing is, and I know you've said it already, but you don't invest money that you cannot afford to lose. I know people say it and it sounds like, but it's really serious. Like don't. Like if all of my stocks and crypto drop tomorrow, I'm fine. Like if it all zeroed, I'll still, I'll be fine. Like, I can still pay my mortgage. I still, I'll be sad. I'll cry for a week, but I would be fine. Like, don't, if you, if that's not your situation, you can't. Just
1: a week, you know? Nah, Harry, I need you to lend me 10K, bro. What's going on?
0: No, 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 no. I mean, It would be, be longer than that. So yeah, like, so I'm invested, I'm invested in different stocks and so I'm trying to diversify a bit. I'm also, in. so I use an app called free trade to invest um, in stocks, um, but like again, I've got funds as well, so stuff like Berkshire Hathaway, S&P 500. I should track the S&P 500, and that is just quite. A, those are probably my big, my biggest holdings, and it's, it's just safe. Like quite generally, they're mostly safe, rather than like trying to invest in the next big stock. So I do do things like that. I will invest, try and invest in like a big stock, but I'm not gonna like put all my eggs in that basket because it's just not wise. I also have crypto. Like I've had crypto since 2018. Um, can't lie it's done well but again if you're not risk if, you, if you're if you risk averse do not even don't go near crypto like do not even touch it don't look at it
1: <laughs> but there are some funds there are definitely cryptocurrency funds so... yeah
0: that's true no that's so... true that's true but it's, it's still there's there's a lot of risk involved like when I first bought crypto the market dropped like 80% I think at the time as I was buying it that was the 80% drop and I bought it Near with the top and the drop because I thought it was kind of dipping them up and it didn't. But Alex, do you want to talk a bit about (laughs) anything anything in regards to your strategies to stocks or crypto or whatever?
1: Um,
2: Yeah, I think for strategies for stocks is normally when, um, I think one of my uncle said, when there's blood in the street, it's probably the best time to invest. So when there was a massive crash last year obviously um i actually already owned some uh, some um, airline stocks which is annoying but then i bought some other stocks at the same time so it ended up when the market then obviously rebounded it kind of balanced itself out but my airline stocks are still below where i originally bought them like three or four years ago so but that's just how things happened no one no one was planning for this pandemic to hit i probably should have sold my airline stocks when i saw everything dipping. I'm kind of a guy that just <clears throat> holds on to things until the market goes up, and that's kind of the difference with, um, with certain certain shares. Is where I owned <clears throat> Tesco for a bit, and Tesco's gone down. And you can just with shares, you don't have to sell it once it's gone down. It's in the red. Probably, the, probably another piece of advice is don't doesn't mean you need to sell because it's in the red. Yeah. <clears throat> you can literally just hold on to it, and I think then. Again, Tesco rebranded up, and I think I think I probably sold it at fifteen percent higher. I could have just sh- probably think about it now. I probably should just should have just held on to it um, because we are at our age, net likely to be net buyers of shares. So, unless you are selling a share to then reinvest that into a different type of share, probably just best to hold on to the shares that you have and just keep keep investing more money into it because your aim is. <sighs> The strategy used to be—it's quite difficult now—but the strategy used to be to try and look for dividends, which are—you can have a the, the share value you could buy at 100 pounds, and the dividends could be five percent, and that means that whether the share price goes up or down, you're expecting to get five pounds back at the end of the year from dividends, from the profit from the company you get shares out to its share to its shareholders. At the moment, the problem is that you, when you hunt for dividends, especially in tech you're not getting more than like 1% because of the, because what's happened is because the interest rates are so low, everyone's trying to find any yield, dividend or anything that will give them more than um, what you get in the bank. And that's then pushed the values of the asset of the um, share prices up, which has then pushed their ratio to dividends down. So if you'd bought, I don't know, let's say 10 years ago, dividends, the average dividends may have been about 4% and buying today is probably around Closer to 2%. They're just, I have not looked at the research. I'm just, I'm just making an assumption as to how dividends have changed. Um, <clears throat> so that's one thing I would probably just highlight is that we are going to be net buyers. So, so just because a share price has gone up doesn't mean you have to sell. Um, so sorry, just because a share price has gone down doesn't mean you have to sell. And if a share price goes up and you want to sell, make sure you reinvest that money back into some other shares. Yeah.
0: And I would just say like, in terms of like a strategy of how you manage your money, like what I do now is I, it's like 10%, like maybe a bit less than 10%, like maybe 8% of like my salary that I get every month. I invest that into, into stocks, into crypto. And I kind of maybe do like 70 like seventy stocks, 30 crypto. And that's kind of, that's how I do it. Um, and I think it's time in the market, not timing the market. Like, you can try and yeah. like pick the stock when it's right. Up. But the best thing to do is just time in the market and just keep like building up, you know, the funds. If you have individual stocks that you like, if you have crypto that you like, um, like, you, you can put it in that. But I, again, I would never advise anyone to put most of their investments in crypto or in like, you know, I would just say like, if you if it's not something you can talk to me, like, maybe just be a bit more risk averse. Build yourself up some nice funds, a few individual stocks, and it's a bit of crypto. But don't be this whole thing of like I'm going to sell everything and put it into crypto. No, um, that is just that's very risky. It could work, but it's yeah, like it could work likely not to work,
2: and, and <laughs> so it could not work. Yeah. So and to uh, I think to have. The diversification also allows you to, um, when you see everything in the red in one sector and we don't see your whole portfolio in red, it kind of gives you that kind of, oh, actually, things will level out perspective, whereby if you put everything into crypto and it goes down 50%, you'll be like, I've lost 50% in total. Whereas if you put everything in crypto and your crypto has gone down 50%, but everything else is still more or less around 5% up, you just you give you a definite perspective on your investments.
1: Yeah, for real. And then, you want to wrap us? <laughs> oh no! I was just, I was just, I literally just opened my free trade, and I was like, "What's been my best performer?" Uh, and hmm. I think Google, my Alphabet shares, I'm up fifty percent, fifty-seven percent from when
0: Alphabet.
1: My yeah, friend, I already looked the
0: Alphabet five minutes ago, and it's up twenty percent.
1: Alphabet up twenty oh, sure. um, yeah. percent. And then my second best performer is core commodities. Mm. Yeah, it's been, it. it's been a good. It's been a good uh, good year for commodities actually. In all of the in all of the mess. What was the name
0: of, what was the name of
1: that? Uh, core commodities. So uh, it's. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Uh, it's the likes or CRBL is the symbol. Okay. It's just had a very good, it's had a very good year. Very good Um, year.
0: I'd say my
1: best. Up 50% in the last year.
0: Yeah. I'd say my best is with Berkshire Hathaway. So that's just Warren Buffett's fund.
1: Yeah, Warren Buffett basically.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What he's doing. He's calm. Like S&P 500. Um, and Alphabet, yeah. Those have been my best holdings, and they're pretty, like, safe stocks, like Mm -hmm. Google's long-term, Warren Buffett knows what he's talking about, Um, S&P 500 pretty much rises. So, again, if you think, guys, like, I'm saying those stocks are up, like, 17%, 20%, whatever. If you think, if you had like, I don't know, and you're putting money into it over, over time, like, you think if you build up to a position of, like, 20,000, and you're going up to a bit, like, so you see, like why you need to keep adding over a period of time. But you make sure you have your rainy day fund. You make sure you have your savings. You make sure you have all these things. like investment is not something I jump into. But when you like, you can start. Like especially if you started working, like definitely because you. If you don't have like big things to pay for, you don't have to support anybody. If you're like living at your parents' house and everything's calm, yeah, definitely try and invest.
1: Yeah, because once, yeah, my, once my... you end up trying to record with a, with a small me on your chest for the savings and investment become the last of your worries, yep. I'm, I'm here <laughs> just trying to make sure he doesn't scream and grab the mic.
0: <laughs> cool, man. Anyone got any last words before we, before we wrap? I think we'll probably do maybe like part two of these, if you guys want to hear more about this kind of stuff. I know we kind of talked about a few different things, but if you want us to go deeper into anything, like happy to again we're not financial advisors we're, we're just three black guys trying to make paper
1: <laughs> yeah well, this, this is all anecdotal
0: anecdotal anecdotal yeah thanks guys this has been Tells from the plantation in 42.5 We are out
1: peace do you, to, do you want to say thanks to your guest again? I mean, wow, man. Ah, just just you know
0: what I'm saying? Thanks, Alex. Please. Wow. Thanks for coming on, man. No, no. Really appreciate you coming on. <laughs> yeah. Man and, said, uh, safe the uh,
1: information, yeah. read by face. Yeah, <laughs> Later.
0: I don't know, if you guys follow at Alex's building on Instagram and on Twitter, like, yeah, if you, yeah. If you want to, <laughs> just put really rant your go on, going. <laughs> yeah.
1: Alright, people, in a bit.
2: Thanks. Hey, Harry, today, peace.